all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. It's a global pandemic. Do the news. I'm begging you to do the news. This is Ed McQuire. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. It's already Little Friday. Today we're under the tutelage of our what? What? Are we under the tutelage of our who? What? Our general manager is... Fact Checkers. Fact Checkers. Here's the fact. Fact Checkers just offer an opinion, man. Or an interpretation of the facts. Man. Man. If you don't know what a fact is, you're not black, man. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, just looking at the headlines today to see what's going on in the world. <clears throat> oh, there's Mark Zuckerberg on TV there. They're talking about fact-checking as as we speak. Yeah. That's really uh, risen up as an issue. As it should. It's a good, it's a good topic. Any, uh, you think there's any chance that uh, a certain segment of society abandons Twitter, goes away from Twitter? If uh, I mean in big numbers, that would matter. Uh, if if it's you know decided that okay, it really is like um, it's like an MSNBC or Fox. They have a very strong point of view. They're catering to one side almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, I think that's possible. I wonder if that would happen. There was that other uh, that conservative uh, Twitter version or uh, alternative to Twitter. I can't remember what it was called, but some of your uh, you know way out there wackadoo righties uh, uh, took it over and it got a bad rep, as I recall. It's kind of hard to imagine why another one wouldn't uh, um, uh, rise up to be significant. I mean, in the same way that we de- that you know that there's not just CNN, there's other cable news channels. Sure, that would certainly make it easier to never be exposed to any opinion other than the ones I already have, and I would appreciate that <laughs> for whatever reason. <clears throat> any attempt to get kind of a a right wing slash conservative friendly social media site just turns into Nazi message boards, and it, it, I don't know why that is. It's 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 similar to the problem they have with left wing radio; <clears throat> they just can't. Make it happen for some reason. Right. Mm. And you can't get right-wing message boards going. I do think one of the better kind of strategic moves for Trump is if he just goes to it. Like, he has to be the the, the, the lead on that. Like, if he removes himself from Twitter and then only does his messaging on the MAGA app or whatever... Right, you know what I would uh, what I would do if I was a lefty. The minute the 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 MAGA app opened, I would post Nazi messages. I would immediately move to discredit it. Or if I was Putin, right, right. Or if I was a Nazi, I would probably post (laughs) Nazi messages. So many Nazi messages. Oh, you know that reminds me. I was going to tweet this yesterday, and uh, just to give everybody a heads up because it's useful. Once you start to recognize this, it makes it easier in the future. But um, surrounding the the terrible, terrible death of the uh, the gent in uh, in Minneapolis at the hands of the police, uh, look for Russian bots whipping people up. It's already happening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, they do that. They get on both sides of that argument. Exactly. That's precisely the sort of thing that they just dive in and and, and relish. And cable news, because it's so freaking stupid, mm. this user thinks blank, and they right. promote the most extreme views. This to, user from an account that was created three days ago right. and, and has four followers. And is only tweeting at certain... Right? Like yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's troubling. Huh. Yeah, well, we got to talk about all this stuff. We actually have Tim the Lawyer, Tim Sandifer, on later today about a different topic. But I'd like to talk to him about this whole free speech social media thing. We could absolutely do around the horn with Tim today. There's plenty to talk about. Because that's a really interesting topic. Sure. The, is it a publisher or platform thing? Oh, yeah. Well, and the president's about to bring down the, the heavy hand of the government, an executive order, allegedly. Yeah. Not allegedly. He's going to. And uh, it's, a, it's a touchy topic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know what would really help? If technology would stop. For about 10 years. Just stop changing. No more innovation. We It's going to take quite a while to catch up to figure out what you are and how you fit into the world. So no more no more innovation. Remember there at the end of the year when I was reading uh, like end of uh, end of decade stuff? And, um, oh, yeah, the listicles and everything. And I, I was reading that stuff from Wired Magazine and a couple of different things that were predicting where the Internet would take us. And uh, and most predictions were, now people will have access to so much information and uh, be able to make better decisions. And It'll be an end to partisanship yep, and yeah. disagreement. Yeah. We'll yeah. all come together <laughs> and sing Kumbaya and dance around in the daisy chain. <laughs> and it's never been worse in my life. Yeah, I know it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Let's kick off the show by introducing everybody in the squad. Let's start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing uh, toggles, pulling levers, buttons, etc. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. Um, I have a little bit of a disagreement with my fiance over whether or not we should have a TV in the shower. The place came... <laughs> I'm sorry, a, t- a TV in the shower? I love it. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in agreement. Wait a TV minute. in the shower. <laughs> well, the place came with... It, there's a mirror in the shower, and behind the mirror, there's a television. Yes! So you can watch TV where... Finally! Right. <laughs> the, the thing is... Is there a bench so I can sit? I like it when I can sit in the shower, and if I could watch television, that'd be awesome. Heck, if you got a bench, you might as well have a bed. Just it, lie down and be showered. Unfortunately, because the... Bathroom fogs up and stuff, so does the TV. And so you'll be watching it, and you have to keep wiping it to watch the show. So if yeah. you're watching a basketball game, and then, you know, the big part's about to happen. you got to wipe the TV. I love and... the TV in the shower. It's so Elvis. I mean, it just seems... <laughs> Can't you stop watching for the 10 minutes? <laughs> okay. So she just wants to have it as a mirror, and I want to have it as a TV. And I said I want to get another t- TV and put it behind there so it would be a little bit bigger. There and... you go. Hard yes. to balance these things. Yes. It's like I was talking to a plumber the other day because uh, we, we were thinking about getting a tankless water heater. Had one before, and I uh, don't want to have one in this house. And um, uh, and he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm a terrible salesman for tankless water heaters. But he said, there's a couple of problems with them. One is you actually end up spending more money because uh, women and teenagers will spend... There used to be a limiting factor for getting out of the shower or bath. You finally run out of hot water, so mm. you have to get out. Yeah. With an ankles water heater, you don't have that, so your teenagers will be in there for hours. You'll you'll actually end up using more electricity Wow! by people taking extraordinarily long showers huh. and baths. Oh. And I thought, yeah, Unintended that, consequence. That, that sounds right. Uh, there have been times in my life but the only thing that got me out of the shower was it turned cold on me. <laughs> Uh, so you get a you get a tankless water heater and a TV in the shower and a You're bench. You're set. Oh man, I'm there all evening. 
Sounds fantastic. The United States has run out of water. We have no more water. It's all been used. There is a positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, really happy with uh, Twitter's new policy of fact-checking because now with anything that isn't have a click here for more information, I can just assume it's it's the gospel. Absolutely. It's, uh, you just take it to the bank. It's obviously like, been fact-checked and is true. Yeah, like this wonderful tidbit that I just learned yesterday from somebody uh, uh, going by the name of Fred Delicious. Hmm. Soup was invented in 1927 by John Soup when he wanted to drink a chicken. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I didn't know that. Fact check. I love learning things. There's no there's no click here for more information about the origins of soup, so right. I can assume that that is true. And when he is. wanted to drink a chicken. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love learning stuff. Learning is the best. It's so good. Uh, by John Soup. <laughs> oh, and we haven't talked about who the guy is who makes these decisions, which uh, was oh. revealed yesterday, which is really oh. interesting. And, you know, and Twitter gets to be whatever they want to be. They can be what they want. They're a private company. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I want to state that over and over. I believe that. I, I mean, I understand that. They're not the government. Whatever. Absolutely. But uh, you, ought, you ought to know uh, who, who's in charge of making these decisions and... Well, and there's a pretty would, extreme point of view. I would point out that they uh, can be whoever they want to be as a private company unless they have this weird special carve-out for, from Congress right? that says they're not a publisher and have no responsibility for what's on their site. And that's why I want technology to stop for about a decade so we can get our hands around all this stuff. Yeah, the Supreme Court really needs to think about that, I suppose. But I will always, always, always default to more free speech. Mm, more boy. free exchange of ideas. You agree with, uh, disagree with Don Lemon of uh, CNN. We'll have to play that clip a little bit later. <laughs> I'm you... sure I do. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this He's show. a flaming jackass. Thursday, I mean, serious. He, he is a jackass that dove into a tank full of gasoline, then lit a cigarette. A flaming jackass. Wow. Boy, I dislike that guy. He is a force for evil. Guy invented soup, just wanted to drink a chicken. You see. <laughs> it is Thursday, May 28th, year 2020. We are Armstrong and Getting. Mm-hmm. We approve of this program. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. Dragon SpaceX, unfortunately, um, we are not going to launch today. You are go for 5.100 launch scrub. Oh, launch scrub! So I did it to my kids again. I had drugged my son out of bed in the middle of the night to watch a super moon once, and it looked like a regular moon. Mm. Now I had him gathered around the couch for a very long time waiting for the uh, the launch, and uh, nothing. No launch. Dad lied again. They got how close? How close was it? Pretty close. 16 minutes. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday. I That's drive in the rain. Why can't you launch in the rain? Yeah. I drive in the rain all the time. Fact drive... check. Yeah, fact check. People drive cars in the rain. People fly planes in the rain. That's true. Yeah. His I name heard... was John Soup. He invented it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I heard an astronaut lady talking about space travel, and she was emphasizing that it is indeed dangerous. Um, I think I think we all know that, but she said if if commercial airplanes crashed at the rate of space rockets... There would be a thousand plane crashes every day. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So she, in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. So she she said, keep in mind, this is this is cutting edge, exciting, scary, brave stuff. I thought it was a great point. We we kind of got used to it. Uh, you know, on to put on skirts. That's what I say. Oh, for God's sake! Launch in the really, rain. You're really something today. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Um, how's mailbag looking and whatnot? Oh, it's just, well, I can't even describe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? A personal account. It includes a personal account of a guy 
who was hired to vote fraudulently. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. The voter fraud is and has been rampant. I grew up in Chicago during the days of Mayor Daley. Trust me when I say voter fraud is a thing, you naive saps and or liars. You know who's claiming there's no voter fraud? People who perpetrate it. Um, uh, We've got a lot on the way. Lots to talk about today. I hope you can stay here. Benefits. I mean, unemployment benefits in the last week. So we're well over 40 million people now. A quarter of the workforce in 10 weeks. Seems like a lot. A quarter of the workforce in 10 weeks. Unprecedented. Yikes. Unless you've been invaded by another country or something. That doesn't happen. Yeah, we have an, an email talking about that. I believe in mailbag. Wow. Wow, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Listen, during these times of all times... We need to be sharp. We yeah, need to be running a yeah, tight Yeah, I was running the same th- audio in the same channel. So. Maybe maybe a little less uh, TV in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Little, yeah. Good, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> good, weirdly not appropriate shot. <laughs> Sean, break out my cat o' nine tails. Wow. Yeah. Is it Saturday already? First of all, our freedom-loving quote of the day from Edmund Burke, the philosopher and statesman from uh, Ireland. Let's see, what's your... It is a general popular error to imagine the loudest complainers for the public to be the most anxious for its welfare. Interesting. It's kind of an odd way to put it. I think he's... You know, Al Sharpton is a great example. He is one of the loudest. Resist, we much. Right. And we must. And we much about that be, be committed. Committed. He's uh, he's definitely a loud voice for civil rights, but is he actually for civil rights, really? Or is he just a, a crass self-promoter? It's the second one. Fact check. <clears throat> <laughs> nice note here from uh, Michael in Chino Hills, California. Uh, he, he, he liked uh, another show that used to be in our slot. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to listen. They suck. You, oh, why would you say that? I don't know. I know who it is or what station we're talking about, well, but I have to assume they suck. Uh, no. No. Why would you assume that? Why wouldn't I? That's not classy. That's <laughs> well, I, not gracious I, at all. I wasn't trying to claim I, I was classy. I disassociate myself from that rude oh, and obnoxious ooh. comment. Whatever station it was, they had to be terrible. We're, we're... They still work there, by the way. What station? Well, I don't want to actually say. See, that's the point of my yeah. uh, my. Well, my I comments. said precisely where he lives. Oh, you did. Yeah, I didn't catch it's that the part. thing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll just move along. I didn't catch but that part. Thank you for the note, uh, Hanson. I'll sign the apology note. <clears throat> Moving along, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, John writes. Uh, you might want to include a uh, warning label prior to some of your best stuff. If only we knew when it was happening, or even when good stuff was going to happen. You mentioned that Governor Gavin Newsom would be strapped to the SpaceX rocket launch. I had just taken my gulp of morning coffee and almost blew it all over my wife getting ready for work. 
Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Rose. John, yeah, I'm sure your wife appreciated that. I've heard of the spitting the beverage on my keyboard, computer mm-hmm. screen. That's you know, working on a hilarious show such as this. We that sort of thing happens all the time. <laughs> but the, on the spouse, that's a new one. Yeah, highly unfortunate. I I've done that from laughing. I don't know if I've ever done that. I do that where I get the like a cough comes and I got a mouthful of beverage. Mm. And like I'm frantically trying to figure out where what direction I'm going to spray it. Oh, <laughs> no. Michael, it's time for the the gentle, the beautiful, the ancient Japanese art of the haiku. This one written by Tim, our foremost haikuist. Jack, you may recall that the form of the haiku, the five syllables, the seven syllables, the five, is the, it's the limitations that free the writer, ironically. Meh. 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 It's a rocket haiku from Tim. Boy. Weather scrubs the launch. Democrats wondering how to blame it on Trump. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. All right, turn off the stupid music. Uh, you know what? We're not going to get time to do is the uh, professional vote fraudster, but we will do that absolutely the first thing right after the uh, commercial break. Uh, idea popped into my head, writes AJ, when you're discussing a mail-in ballots, if the person sells, uh, sends in a, a ballot, then send in a fingerprint and or blood sample with it. A blood sample? Blood sample. Wow. AJ, I'm not sure that's workable. But Go- I'm going to just send in a finger. Government. <laughs> you know, there are no bad ideas except that one. Um, I'm surprised they wait till 15 minutes before the rocket launches to delay it. That that it's that it's that close to whether or not you can go or not. That's interesting. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, I'm flipping around the channels. Fox is going with a positive spin, and, you know, why not? Uh, initial jobless claims have declined for eight consecutive weeks. <laughs> well, yeah. So, we yeah. had the most extraordinary number in the history of the world, in the history of America, uh, eight eight weeks ago, when almost seven million people in one week announced, hey, I'm unemployed and I need some help. Um, and it has gone down a little bit every week since then. So, you can say that. That's good news. And, 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 this, down. and this week it is 2.1 million. We're now over 40 million people uh, making claims. Uh, but uh, the, <laughs> the, the, quick, the quickie Wall Street Journal analysis is that we've hit bottom on, on this. Okay. I hope they're right. You know, if I'm overweight and I'm gaining four pounds a day and then I get on the scale and I've only gained two pounds today, that's not good news. Right. But it is a decrease in the bad news. I'll grant you that. Yeah. As promised, uh, Al Anonymous writes, and and he names names in this, uh, of the politicians and the people. Um, I think I may skip them, uh, but I know this correspondent and, uh, and think uh, well of them. Uh, I'm so tired of the no evidence of voter fraud garbage. When I was uh, young, late 90s, I was hired for a low-wage job working in a campaign for a politician in a city with which I am familiar. My job was working voter rolls, uh, cross-checking to see how accurate there were. This husband, the, the politician's husband was pretty well known at the time. He would tell us to go over the rolls to find dupli- duplicate registrations. So we'd look for people registered multiple times at different addresses in the county. When a person moves, they get registered at a new address, but the old one is not removed. 
So if Jim Smith is registered at 10 places since 1980, we would provide those addresses to another person. That person would find out Jim Smith voted at one address in the last election and mark that out because he's likely to vote there again. He might find that Jim had not voted in 77 of those addresses in over 10 years, making it very likely he will not vote there again. At that point, you have a list of addresses that the campaign would walk in and say, Hi, I'm Jim Smith from 123 Main Street. Bingo bongo. There he is on the voter rolls. And he would vote, of course, without an ID. And that's how it was done. I was like 19, 20 years old. I didn't go with that party. It was just a job I did for a few weeks through a temp service. I've never really talked about it because I've always wondered if I committed a crime, as he was just one of the paperwork people involved in this process. Um, And that's one of the reasons I quit, because people hinted that you can't talk about this. I just thought I'd let someone know. I imagine with technology today, it is much more sophisticated. But, yeah, and again, I was only half-joking. Growing up in Chicagoland, I mean, the stories are just, they're, they're endless, and they are almost hilarious in that you would have precincts in the city of Chicago where more people would vote than there were air-sucking homo sapiens. The vote total would outstrip the population. Explain that. The idea that, oh, there's no voter fraud, and there won't be. By the way, they were talking about the whole the president's tweet that was fact-checked by Twitter, that whole controversy. Um, uh, And Nakedly Progressive radio, uh, Radio... NPR, they said, the president made false claims about the potential for vote fraud in mail-in ballots. They just declared it is impossible that there could be fraud, which is a bizarre and illogical thing to say. But that's the the state of the political discourse these days. Imagine how much fraud there was back in the day. I love your LBJ story you've told. Yeah. Um, So in one of the uh, Caro books about... Lyndon Johnson, when he was running for Congress, he lost an election narrowly, his first attempt to get into uh, to Congress there in, uh, in, in rural Texas, and, uh, and it was pretty close, and he had been ahead, and he believed that the other side cheated, <clears throat> but he was well aware that that's the way the game worked, and FDR actually said to him, when he finally did win and cheated, that is fairly well documented by Carroll in the book. Mm-hmm. Next time around, he cheated and won. LBJ did. Yeah, just and, cheated better. <laughs> and when he got to D.C., um, FDR was giving him crap about losing the other election and saying, everybody knows once you get ahead, you got to find the ballot box and sit on it to make sure other people don't come in and stuff in more ballots right. at the last minute. That's just the way it worked. Right. Um, and, God... So in in uh, on what did they get into his penchant for custom pants? <laughs> See if you can't leave me about it. An age from the, where the zipper ends uh, round uh, under my back to my bunghole. You know, oh, that's, that's, that's the it's the opening in a barrel. It's not a dirty word. Everybody, comes you know, out. somebody made the point the other day. What if LBJ had had a Twitter account? What what sort of things do you think he would have said? I think he would have been careful. Maybe uh, I don't know. Honestly. But in terms of what kind of, you know, I'm off track here, but in terms of what kind of person a person is, you know, Trump saying various things, uh, as long as you don't say them out loud, you get tremendous credit for uh, <laughs> for not saying them out loud, even though you say them behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, back to the, the ballot fraud. Right. Uh, imagine how much there was back in the day and how difficult it would be, one, to investigate it, and then two, to get the information out about what you'd found. Yeah. N- now, it's very easy. It's so easy to uh, 
to, to just look around you and be aware of the politics of your county or your district or whatever. And if a result comes up that is just completely out of whack, then dig into it and get the information out, whether it's with Nextdoor or Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, you know, as was pointed out in that email, uh, people are more sophisticated than they, you know, it's easier to print things. It's easier to hack things. It's uh, a sure. lot of other things have gone the direction of making it easier to to, to, for fraud. Well, the good guys are always just a little behind the bad guys because yeah. the bad guys are are very intent on on getting away with what they get away with. But God, what percentage of counties across counties to precincts across America were straight up accurate through most of our nation's history? Oh man, God, I'd have to think it's pretty pretty low. Well, your your local boss hog who's in charge of the election. Sure, I every, mean your local election commissioner is is probably the most bribed man in the county. Oh, well, uh, and yeah, and uh, and most we didn't use these they didn't use these terms way back in the day, but there you know, there aren't that many purple precincts counties. Most 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 areas of the country tend to be one thing until they gradually became another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to imagine that they kept a, an eye on that and made sure that you know our side won the the oh, side yeah. that was generally in charge. Oh yeah. If you're if you're some rural area that's always Democrat or always Republican or whatever, I'm sure you made sure. Yeah, heck yeah, we win. Sure. Yeah, your local election commissioner has a uh, you know the the ballot box is locked. They just happen to have a key. And they open it before they turn it in. They go through it. Uh, one for me, one for the trash. One for me, one for the trash. And nobody's going to whip out a cell phone and take a video of you or tweet no. out uh, the information. No. And if somebody made the claim to the local newspaper, you'd deny it. And that'd well, be the end of it. Who would know that the vote total was wrong? Right. Nobody. Sure. So I bet that happened a lot back in the day. So listen, we received a really nice note from, uh, let's see, let me give uh, Allie. In uh, beautiful, what town in Colorado? She just says Colorado. Um, who talks about her husband has some pretty bad arthritis. He sent in his mail-in ballot. He couldn't really sign very well. And they said, hey, your signature doesn't match. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. And so there are certainly places that do a good job trying to prevent vote fraud. It's it's far from universal. Um, but Allie, you know, Allie says, I Understand the concern, but disagree with the blanket supposition that mail-in voting is filled with certain fraud. I think that overstates it, Allie. I will tell you this. Vote fraud has always existed. Aggressive, widespread vote fraud, as much as the bad guys can get away with. And it is my considered opinion, and I stand ready to defend it, that that vast numbers of mail-in ballots, especially if they are automatically mailed to people who have no intention of voting this time around or have no intention of mail-in voting or what have you, I would submit to you that that is rife with the possibility of vote fraud on a scale we haven't seen for a very long time. And I just, I'm absolutely confident of that because my entire life I've been aware of the various methods of vote fraud. And again, the the idea that's being spouted almost exclusively by Democrats, which I think is significant, that, oh, there's no vote fraud. I mean, that's, well, I think they're claiming that for a reason. In the, say, the mob would always say, there is no mafia. What are you talking about, the mafia? There's no mafia. I think it's just the same. And and yes, there are plenty of Republicans who would who would you know fraudulently vote or whatever as fast and as effectively as they could. I'm not saying it's restricted to one side, but the argument, at least you know, following through uh, mainstream media, seems to be pretty one sided. Democrats want as much mail in balloting as possible, and mm-hmm. Republicans don't. Yeah, well, and one party, California, has uh, um, 
has legalized all sorts of things in that direction, including ballot harvesting, which is designed for fraud. Um, And somebody else from a blue state said, hey, they're trying to get, I think it was Nevada, which is increasingly blue, said they're trying to get that passed uh, in Nevada as well to make vote fraud uh, easier. It's really, it's quite amazing to watch. But, you know, I and I hate to be a voice of cynicism and everything's fixed and the rest of it. Um, everything is not fixed. But to the it, it's not fixed only to the extent that we make sure it's not fixed. That we try as hard as we can. Yeah, I hate the idea. I, I don't really like the idea of introducing a new uh, a new manner of voting that is easier to mess with. Um, you yeah. know what was funny? This uh, popped into my head this morning. For the longest time, the uh, the rallying cry of uh, the left and civil rights and all, um, and and mostly that was the Republican Party for a very very long time. But it was one person one vote, one person one vote. Now the rallying cry among you know the the progressives is one person a bag full of votes, no good. So. Um... Bring you up to speed on the uh, the war over uh, social media. Zuckerberg is out talking about Facebook and um, you know what their uh, obligations and rights are in terms of uh, being true or not. Yeah, and he, he yanked the piercing right out of Jack Dorsey's nose. Man, there's over there at Twitter there's, disagrees with him. There's so much uh, phony crap flies around Facebook all the time, which is you know fine. I mean, if you're going to have an open forum, there's going to be a lot of phony crap about. Uh, you know, uh, jet contrails and, uh, <laughs> you know, lead in the water or whatever the hell it is. You name it. Yeah, you name it. It's there. That, among other things, on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, we've been we've been really good friends after that. You know, before it's the politics, I don't get involved with that. I don't give. I said I came here to to uh, bring sports, communicate like that. Sports. Uh-huh. I never talk politics with them. So it's important that you understand what that was. That was Dennis Rodman. Hmm. On Mike Tyson's podcast. Oh. Talking about the leader of North Korea. Of course. Of course it was. Oh, of course. Uh, so. Uh, so uh, old fat had disappeared for a while again, right? Yeah. Or not seen under the radar. He's just hiding from the coronavirus. Yeah. Getting, almost certainly. Getting, those countries, those really screwed up countries that have strongmen dictators almost exclusively. Um, yeah, almost exclusively. Your China, your North Korea, your Russia, and your Iran are just getting wiped out by the coronavirus because of the kind of society they have. Mm. That 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 article that we posted at armstrongandgetty.com from the New Yorker, Dexter Filkins on Iran, that is so flipping good. Oh, and i got to read that. I keep forgetting. Uh, yeah, and listen to it. That's what I liked. That's oh, the future. Yes. Me not having to use my eyeballs. But, um... Uh, it's so interesting. And, and that, that regime is over. It's just a matter of... You know what day it finally goes and what direction what direction it goes. Mm. But, so uh, the the whole we're religious leaders and we're a religious country. They they lost the uh, middle class years ago. The two thousand nine so called Green Revolution. Then they lost the working class this most recent time around, which was what a year ago or so mm-hmm. when they had people in the streets. 
Yeah, um, shot down in the, the hinterlands and, and everything. And I remember that. There's nobody that buys that crap about them being a... Uh, you know, a religious country and all that okay. whole sort of thing, and that 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 that, that they're the um, wise uh, men of God running the place. That that's just nobody believes that anymore. Excellent. Um, Although it could always get worse. That's the that's the great thing. Not great as in great as, but great as in big. That's the big thing about tearing something up and throwing it up in the air. Sometimes oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. what comes down is worse. Oh, as we saw with almost all those countries around there. The Arab Spring thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We yeah. thought it was just horrible that they had these terrible dictators and their poor oppressed people. And, you know, what is Libya now? What is Syria now? What is what is all what are all those places? And those people were oppressed and those oh. leaders were terrible. Oh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. But no uh, doubt. Or Iraq. The mess that it is. Speaking of that, so I thought this was really interesting. One thing that was in that article about Iran, and it made me think of Beijing because I was watching some of the footage this morning from uh, or from Hong Kong, rather. Those protesters in the street are in, in Hong Kong, and you look at those young people who are actually, literally risking their lives to be out there. Mm-hmm. Their lives and their families' lives. I mean, you, you get caught on camera, and they might come and punish your wife or your kids or whatever else. Your parents. Right. Um. Uh. None, almost none of us in America have any idea what that feels like to be, to to be that hopelessly oppressed and what we'd be willing to do for it. Well, we and, got a bunch yeah. of young people in colleges who feel like they they they, they pretend that they are doing that with right. masks on their face. And meanwhile, they they vote for and yell for less liberty. They in uh, many they, cases you scream and yell in the streets of Portland because Ben Shapiro might be coming to the local university, but that's not quite the same thing. Right. Um, but they act like it. It's so pathetic. And this guy in Iran who ends up getting shot by the uh, you know the Iranian thugs because he was protesting in the street. This young guy. He runs. He he uh, he tells his mom. He goes out in the streets. His mom says, "We're not going there." He said, "I just want to go. I want to be part of it." And they go. And she said, "You have to hold my hand the whole time." And he and he and, and he's running around there and talking to people. And and he tells his mom, "This is the happiest day of my life." Mm. He's like twenty three years old, and he's part of resisting. You know, a government that is going to make his life and all his friends' life and his just everybody's life miserable forever unless they risk their lives to change it. And I don't think any of us have an idea what that would feel like. No. And those people in the streets no. in Hong Kong, the same thing. This is the happiest I've ever been. This is the most free I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. This is the greatest thing I've ever done. Well, right, exactly. They feel like they have purpose. Yeah. That they're oh. doing something important with their lives. Oh, I'm sure a lot of the you know the, the soldiers in our Revolutionary War, you know, the Founding Fathers, that whole thing, we, we don't know what that would feel like. It's got to be amazing. You hear people talk about it. Yeah, yeah. People like Mike Tyson and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> And I was reminded, I watched part of the last episode of The Last Dance, uh, the Michael Jordan thingy Did uh, they last win? night. Uh, I, I have I only watched part of it. I don't know. Then maybe they lost. Uh, but I was reminded that, and I was a huge Bulls fan. I grew up in Chicagoland, loved the Bulls. Um, but uh, I'd forgotten that Dennis Rodman disappeared and blew off practice in the middle of the NBA Finals. Like between games five and six, Something I like think, that. Yeah, yeah. of a series that only went six games. Um, a spoiler alert. Um, and I just he is a cuckoo nut, and has been for a very long time. Yet he's one of Kim Jong Un's best buddies. Guess what? He don't want war. That's one thing he don't he want. He said in the that. past that he would destroy the United States. Well, uh, well, he's one of Kim Jong Un's best buddies, as he described on Mike Tyson's podcast. Look at these guys here. Look at them. And I'm telling you, if in 1998 somebody has said, Joe, I want to bet you ten thousand dollars. I say Dennis Rodman, and I say of the Bulls, 
Yeah, 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 that Dennis Rodman. He's going to be one of the best friends of the North Korean dictator. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> so he described their night, that night with Kim Jong-un, what, a week or so ago. We were, we were off work at the time, and it's the first time I'd ever heard him talk about it. I don't know if he's been keeping the secret or he thought he should or what. But he was talking about how he got there and they, they he played in a in a like some sort of celebrity basketball game. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure With North Korean celebrities. <laughs> I'm sure just here's dumb. the guy who has a little meat. I'm he's sure. a celebrity <laughs> and he's a professional. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sure he just dominated these people. But anyway, he plays in a basketball game. Then he and Kim Jong Un go to some big dinner, and then they go off to Kim Jong Un's place, and it's just him and a couple of other people, and they bring out. Tons of booze and tons of chicks. It's just nothing but booze and chicks. Wow. All night long. Wow. And uh, so that's how he described his night with uh, Wolf Kim. <laughs> wow. So that's up Dennis Rodman's. I mean, hey, I'm sure he was thinking, hey, this is my wheelhouse. I mean, I am the guy for this. I was born for this moment. Right. Look at these guys. Look at them. It's, just, it's like I'm Jason Bourne or something. It's like I'm trained to be the guy that could hang out with the leader of North Korea all night long. Is is the C- has the CIA tried to weaponize the worm? People around the world sure. are around the world. Yes, yes. I'm going to do one thing. What? If you had to pick a guy to stay up all night long right, with dancing chicks, you can hardly pick a better person than Dennis Rodman. But then he's got I know a, how this works. He's got a <laughs> tiny poisonous dart in his ring and yeah, gets him with it. Surely they've tried. And I'll bet they've sat down and thought, this guy's just too crazy and or stupid. This well, that'd won't be work. a great question. Did they ever talk to him about that? Yeah. Armstrong and Getty.